Welcome to the Private School Leader Podcast, where private school leaders learn how to thrive and not just survive as they serve and lead their schools. I strongly believe that it is possible to have a long and happy and fulfilling career as a private school leader. And my passion is to help you figure out exactly how to do just that right here on the Private School Leader Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Minkus. So it was a Wednesday morning, and I couldn't get out of bed. And I don't mean that I was tired and that I stayed up late the night before and I didn't feel like getting out of bed. I mean that it was a Wednesday morning and I couldn't get out of bed. And that's because I was overwhelmed and discouraged and feeling a little bit hopeless and I just felt like giving up. And I didn't go to work that day, that Wednesday when I couldn't get out of bed, when I felt like giving up. But I did go to work the next day and the day after that. And we've all been there. As private school leaders, we've all felt like giving up. And sometimes it's at school at your desk. Sometimes it's when you hang up the phone after you've had a really rough phone call with a parent. Sometimes it's on that drive home from school after a really bad day. And sometimes, sometimes it's in the morning when you're just trying to get out of bed. And when you feel like giving up, you feel overwhelmed and you feel stuck and discouraged. You feel heavy. You feel disinterested. You feel a little hopeless, a little sad. You feel frustrated. But the big question is, what do we do when we feel that way? What do we do when we feel like giving up? Because there's so many people counting on us. And isn't that the thing that weighs us down? And sometimes that weight becomes just unbearable? What do we do when we feel like giving up? Well, on today's episode of the Private School Leader Podcast we are going to discuss the eight things to do when you feel like giving up. Eight tactical, practical, actual things that you can try, that you can do when you feel like giving up as a private school leader. But before we get into today's topic, I wanted to give you a gift. And just for listening to the podcast, I want to say thank you and give you a free resource called The Six Things That Every Private School Teacher Wants From Their Leader. And this guide is a six-page PDF that can be a real game changer for you. And I guarantee you that if you do these six things, that the teachers at your school will be happy to follow you. And you can pick up your free guide by going to theprivateschoolleader.com slash guide. And I wanted to ask a favor, and that is if you've gotten value from any episode of this podcast, that if in the next couple of days, if you would pause and just think about two people in your life, one is a current private school leader, and one is an aspiring leader at your school. 
I think you have a good eye for the aspiring leaders at your school. And if you could just share this podcast with those two people, send them the link. It would help get that word out. And I'm trying to spread the word because we all get discouraged. We all need help. And I hope that you've gotten some help from the podcast. So thank you for that. So we're talking about what to do when you feel like giving up, when you feel that intense discouragement. And you know, the word discouragement actually means an absence of courage. And so when we lack courage, then we kind of shrink. And we, you know, I, I, um, with Alice in Wonderland, you know, in the book and in the movie, um, with Johnny Depp, you know, he, um, he talks to Alice and he says, you seem to have lost your muchness. And I think that sometimes when we're discouraged and we lack courage and we're thinking about all the things that we need to face that day as a private school leader, as we try to lead our schools, that we feel like we've lost our muchness, we've lost our courage. Well, how do we get that back? How do we get encouraged? How do we overcome that feeling of wanting to give up? Well, these are the eight things to do when you feel like giving up. Number one, remember that there is nothing wrong with you. Number two, believe that there are ways to make it better. Number three, lean into your why. Number four, practice gratitude. Number five, take a break. Number six, ask for help. Number seven, pick two energizers. And number eight, look at your positive comments document. So I'm going to walk you through these eight steps. And even if you only do one of them on a day, in a moment, when you feel like giving up, when you feel like the weight of all of those eyes, all of those people that are counting on you are just staring at you, counting on you, waiting on you to do the thing. Even if one of these things can be helpful, it can get you from wanting to give up to getting moving, to getting out of bed, to hanging up that phone and getting up and walking to the next meeting. It can help you feel encouraged. And so eight is a lot for a podcast. I try to not have too many episodes where I have that many points, but I will take good care of you in the show notes. And those can be found at the private school leader dot com slash episode 56. And so you can just listen. And then all of that will be there for you in the show notes. So number one is remember that there is nothing wrong with you. I want to tell you something that you already know is true. And that is that being a private school leader is really, really, really hard. And I don't want to go into a long laundry list of all the reasons that it's so hard, that it's so difficult, but because if you're listening to this, you might already be feeling like giving up or feeling discouraged, and I don't want to add to that, but let's just agree that being a private school leader, the demands, that it's a very, very, very difficult job. And I said that number one is remember that there's nothing wrong with you. One of the first steps to feeling better, to feel like you can go on, 
to overcome that feeling of wanting to give up is acceptance. Acceptance. When you're able to see the situation clearly, just as it is, sometimes you give yourself an opportunity to make a choice about how to move forward. And what I'm getting at is accepting that, yes, I have a really, really difficult job. Yes, sometimes my job is crazy. Yes, sometimes when I hang up the phone, I say, I can't believe that I just had that conversation. Sometimes you're so tired that you just think, how am I supposed to do this day after day, year after year? And you might even be thinking, you know, at the top of every episode, Mark says something about a long and happy and fulfilling career in private school education. I just want to get through today. I just want to get out of bed. Well, one of the first steps is to just accept the fact that this is really, really hard and that there's nothing wrong with you. Acceptance is actually the opposite of giving up. I'm not saying you're resigning yourself to your fate as a private school leader. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying that accepting and that this is a difficult job, accepting that this is where you've been planted and this is where you are right now, that it's an active decision to meet your life where it is and decide on your next step. And that's empowering and that can move you a little bit in the right direction. And also, you know, I said that number one is that there's nothing wrong with you. I was talking about acceptance. You need to accept the facts, the fact that you are not a robot, that you are not weak, that you are not a loser, that you are not indestructible, that you are not someone that can just be in fight or flight for months, weeks, years at a time. What we do is incredibly challenging. It also impacts so many people in so many positive ways when we lead our schools. But sometimes it gets to be too much. And then sometimes we beat ourselves up over it. But number one is remember that there's nothing wrong with you. All right. Number two, believe that there are ways to make it better. Now, here's the tricky part with this one is, is that when you feel hopeless, you don't want to believe anything is possible. You and I have been in that situation where we feel like giving up and we don't feel like it can get any better. It is what it is. And I guess I'm just stuck. Well, moving from hopeless to hope is moving from having our emotions control how we feel to trying to get a little bit of logic and reason in there. And I'm sure you've heard of amygdala hijack before. And the amygdala is uh, sent the, the center of your brain where the emotional center of your brain where there's a, there's a stimulus and it goes through the amygdala before there's a response. And Viktor Frankl, the author of Man's Search for Meaning, a Holocaust survivor who was um, be later became a psychologist, one of the most important books, I think, that has ever been written. He talks about how he survived the Holocaust and then became a thriving psychologist and did a lot of other things with his life. Viktor Frankl's famous quote is, between stimulus and response, there is a space. 
And in that space lies all of our power and our meaning. And so where I'm going with this is, is that if number two is believe that there are ways to make it better, we have to just acknowledge that when we're in that moment of just feeling like giving up, that our amygdala has hijacked our emotions. And the things on this list, the tactical things, the practical things on this list can help move us from a point where we're completely bathed in emotion and move us a little bit in the direction where we can inject a little bit of logic, a little bit of reason, a little bit of facts. Sometimes I say on the podcast, is it a fact or is it a feeling? When it's all about the feelings, which is normal, it's so normal for us. We can't have it both ways. I say that all the time. And what I mean is, is that as private school leaders, we have to live with our heart on our sleeve. We ha- It's emotional work that we do and it's exhausting. And we can't, on the one hand, you know, pour ourselves into our teachers and our students and pour our emotions and our emotional intelligence into all of the people that we serve. And then on the other hand, just hit a switch and flip off all those emotions. That's not how it works. And so how are we going to move from amygdala hijack to some facts and some reason and some logic? Well, We're going to try to believe that there are ways to make it better. And those are the things, the tactics, the things to try that are on this list. Okay. That takes us to number three, which is lean into your why. And when it all feels hopeless, when you feel like giving up, I've found that one of the best things to do is to really, really remember, even if you recite it over and over again, Why are you doing what you do? What is the compelling reason why you are doing what you do? Why are you a private school leader? And if we go all the way back to episode one, I talked to you about how my compelling why is throwing starfish. And the starfish story of the little boy and he's throwing starfish into the ocean and the tide is going out and the sun is coming up and the old man says, what are you doing? And he says, I'm throwing starfish. If I don't get them back into the ocean, they're going to die. And the old man looks up and down the beach and says, well, there's thousands of starfish as far as the eye can see. How could you possibly make a difference? And he picks one up and he throws it into the ocean and he says, it made a difference to that one. That's my compelling why, throwing starfish. And then In episode seven, we talk about the four productivity hacks, and I talked about the power of an index card. And one of the things that I do, and one of the things that I teach is is that on the top of your index card, you write your little phrase or your word that's your compelling why next to the date. So I write throwing starfish every day on the top of the index card that's on the corner of my desk. Well, why do I do that? Well... I do that so that I stay connected to the fact that I'm making a difference in the lives of these students and teachers and parents, and that that's important. But it's also hard, and it's really hard, and that's why sometimes I feel like giving up. That's why sometimes you feel like giving up. But if you're going to stay connected to your compelling why and lean into it, there are some times where you just have to ask yourself, well, is this this compelling why aspirational 
or is it practical? And what I mean by that is throwing starfish is aspirational and that inspires me. It's inspirational. But there have been times, many times, especially probably most of the time during the first 20 years of my career, where my why was practical. And my why was, well, why do I need to get out of bed? Because I have a mortgage and I've got three daughters and they need new shoes. And I need to go to the grocery store this weekend. And oh, by the way, you know, Christmas is coming in another month. So sometimes the thing that moves us is that practical why that we need that paycheck. Now, we don't want to stay there. We don't want to stay there. But if that's what moves us and gets us going, then that's okay. But it's good to have a compelling why because when we do hard things, we need a really, really strong reason why we're doing it. We need a reason that's bigger than ourselves and a reason that's bigger than our circumstances. And so if you go back and listen to episode one, I'll link it in the show notes. It talks a little bit about how you can get clear on your compelling reason why you do what you do. And when you feel like giving up, that will definitely come in handy. All right, number four, practice gratitude. Now I can hear what you're saying. You're like, you know what, Mark? I'm not really sure you know what it's like to feel like giving up because the last thing that I want to do when I feel like giving up is to start thinking about the things that I'm grateful for. But I want to tell you from years of experience that this is probably the number one thing that moves me off of feeling like I want to give up and moves me towards taking action, getting out of bed, doing the next thing. Not all the time, but most of the time. I just told you at the beginning of the episode about, you know, a Wednesday morning that really wasn't all that long ago when I couldn't get out of bed. But practicing gratitude when you feel like giving up. There's a lot of research. And I'll link episode 13 of this podcast. And that episode talks about how gratitude can change the way that you lead. There's a lot of research to support how gratitude can change your perspective, especially when you're feeling like giving up. And so what I want you to do is the next time that you feel like giving up, I want you to take out a piece of paper and I want you to just start writing down all the things that you're grateful for. And it might be that you're driving or that you're just laying in bed and you can't even pull pull together the energy to, you know, get a piece of paper. That's okay. You can just start listing them in your mind. And I've mentioned this before. I certainly mentioned this in episode 13 that I start every week with a gratitude practice on my drive to work on on Mondays. And the way that I do it is is that I just start listing usually out loud, but sometimes in my head, I just start listing all the things in my life that I'm thankful for. So first I start with my, my wife and her health and, um, you know, how long we've been married and, you know, what a great partner she is and my best friend. And, you know, and then I start with each of my daughters, you know, oldest to youngest and just start listing all of the things that I'm thankful for about them and their jobs, and that they're college graduates, and <clears throat> all the different things, and, and then I start thinking about myself, and um, listing all the things that I'm thankful for about just 
being a homeowner and, you know, owning a dependable car and my health and all the time I got to spend with my dad before he passed. And then I start listing, you know, times where financial needs have been met in our family um, every single time. Um, And just all the different things that we go on a vacation once a year, most years, and just listing things until I run out of things. And it, it's, it's, I don't know how to describe it. And, and the best thing I can do is to just encourage you to do it if you haven't done it. Because what it does is that it takes the focus off of the current circumstances that have led you to feeling like you want to give up. And it changes your focus to all of the blessings, all of the things in your life that are amazing for which you're grateful. And it's like, it's almost like magic, but it's not magic because what it is is that it changes the focus and it changes the perspective. It widens the perspective to your whole life instead of this exact moment in your life when you feel like giving up. Those circumstances that led to you feeling like giving up, if you can zoom out and then just start listing all the things that you're thankful for. And I'm a big believer in having a regular gratitude practice. Maybe it's once a day and you list three things that you're thankful for that day. Maybe it's once a week on Monday morning, like what I do, whatever it is. But especially in the moment when you feel like giving up is to just start listing on a piece of paper or just in your head or say it out loud to yourself everything that you can think of in your life that you're thankful for. And most of the time, it will start moving you in the direction of getting over that amygdala hijack and starting to inject some some logic and some facts and some <clears throat> reason into the situation. Okay, so we're talking about the eight things to do when you feel like giving up. Number one, remember that there is nothing wrong with you. Number two, Believe that there are ways to make it better. Number three, lean into your why. Number four, practice gratitude. And number five is take a break. So I can hear what you're saying. It's like, yeah, take a break. Yeah, right. That I, I can't take a break. Well, hear me out. You can run a car without any oil in it, and it'll run for a while. It might even run for a long time, but then one day it's just going to stop, and it's just going to be along the side of the road. And you can do the same thing to yourself. But eventually, your body has built in defense mechanisms so that it will just stop and it'll shut down. You know, and I told you about that Wednesday morning when I couldn't get out of bed. Well, I stayed home that day. And that was a break. And I did some of the things on this list on that day to help me feel better, to help me feel encouraged. And then I was able to, you know, go to work the next day. But you might be saying, well, you know what? I just can't stay home. That's impossible. The school will fall apart if I'm not there. Well, I used to think that way too. And what it led to was me being in the hospital with ulcers. Um, It impacted my mental health. It negatively impacted my relationship with my wife and with my daughters. And I think it's more possible that every once in a while that you can take a break. Now, maybe that break is a day off. Maybe that break is a half a day off or leaving early. But maybe before before I move on to the next thing, I just want to say that whatever that break is, here's what's important is to not beat yourself up over it. You know, 
I used to really beat myself up over it when I would take a day when I was feeling like giving up, whether you call it a mental health day or whatever you want to call it. But I don't, I try not to beat myself up about it anymore. I try not to feel guilty about it because then try not to say, oh, you're such a loser. You can't even, you know, get out of bed because that just makes things worse. So give yourself some grace. But what I started to say a moment ago is, is like, okay, so let's say that it's not a day, but what if it were 15 minutes? You know, you, you put that phone down and you just can't believe that you just had this conversation with that parent or you leave this meeting and you just can't believe and you just feel like giving up. Maybe it's a 15 minute brisk walk around campus. Maybe it's pulling out your phone and listening to your favorite song. Um, and maybe it's taking 10 minutes to read something inspirational, whether it's um, something you know, inspirational that's spiritual, like the, the Bible, it could be a poem, it could be some motivational quotes that you have. Um, it also could be that you just, um, you know, do, do something like mindfulness, something that helps to recenter you when you feel like giving up. And again, it's about that stimulus and that response and that space between the two. And what are you going to do in that space to try and overcome that amygdala hijack so that it doesn't take you down that spiral of wanting to give up. So number six is ask for help. Ask for help. And that's, I think, one of the hardest things to do for us as private school leaders. And that's because of pride and ego and imposter syndrome and that you have to project the the narrative or the the impression or the facade that you have it all together and that I'm super human and I'm invincible. And I did that too. I told you where it led for me. And when I was a new leader, a younger leader, I had all kinds of imposter syndrome and I rarely asked for help because I didn't want to be perceived as weak or that I didn't know what I was doing. And it was every day I had to prove myself and every day I um, didn't ask for help. So the pride, the ego, the imposter syndrome. But in order to get from feeling like giving up to moving yourself in a better direction, every once in a while, you need to really ask for help. And so who? Who are you asking? Well, if you're the head of school, maybe it's the board president. If you're a division head, maybe you will have a conversation with your head of school and just be like, you know what? It's been, it's been really hard lately, and you know, I think it's good to have some, some time and some thought and, and be a little bit strategic before you have that conversation. If you just go in and you just kind of dump on that person and you just vent about what just happened, you know, most good leaders, your board president or your head of school, they're going to be empathic and they're going to listen and they're going to be like, well, how can I help and blah, blah. But if you don't go in there with an idea of what they actually can do, then it's going to be a vent session and you're going to feel a little bit better, but it's not really going to change anything for the long term. Who, who, else can you, who else can you ask for help from? It could be a spouse or a partner or a friend or a colleague. Um, for me, um, just one quick, two quick examples. One was um, at the beginning of this school year, we decided that we were going to, with our fourth and fifth graders during our club time, that once a cycle that we were going to teach them keyboarding. And I had told the teachers 
in late June that during the summer I would find a keyboarding program for the fourth and fifth graders to use. And then when we came back, hadn't found it during the summer, when we came back, I said, you know what, during teacher orientation, I said, you'll have it by the first day of school. And I just didn't get to it because I had so much going on. And finally, I went to one of my veteran intermediate school teachers and I was like, Can you, could you just help me with this? Because it was really bothering me that I was letting the teachers down. I wasn't keeping a promise. And I just had to swallow my pride a little bit and just ask for some help. And you could probably predict what she said. She's like, of course, I'd be happy to help. And then boom, 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 you know, um, you know, she had it all figured out and shared it out with the team. And the last example that I like to give as far as asking for help is, is that I've mentioned before that there was a span of time between 2017 and 2019 where I had three sisters in three years pass away. And so I asked for help for, um, with uh, my employee assistance program and talked to a grief counselor named Virginia and she was very helpful. So number six is ask for help. And then number seven is pick two energizers. And so I want you to think about one thing that energizes you at school and one thing that energizes you at home. And if you, even if you do it for 15 minutes at school and 15 minutes at home, that adds up to 30 minutes. And even if you did it for 30 minutes at school, you say, oh man, I can't spare 30 minutes at school. There's no way. I'm too busy. Okay. Well, if you work a 10-hour day, 30 minutes is 5% of 10 hours. You're not worth 5% of your day to do something that energizes you and fills you up at school. If it's 15 minutes, it's 2.5% of your day. And if you actually do the thing that's 15 minutes at school and 15 minutes at home, that's only 2% of a 24-hour day. And we wonder why we're running ourselves into the ground and why we feel like giving up. And it's because we're not even taking 2 to 5% of our day to do something that fills us up. And you say, well, I don't even know where to begin. What do you mean by energizer? Okay. You just finished this sentence. I really wish that I had more time to blank. The thing that really makes me happy and energizes me at school is blank. I haven't done blank in a long time. And, you know, it could be going and hanging out with kids at recess. It could be going to fifth grade during homeroom and building a jigsaw puzzle. It could be reading a story. One of my coaching clients, um, after, when we were wrapping up our session, she picked up her laptop and took it into the kitchen and showed me that she had a loaf of bread baking in the oven. She said, it's been 10 years since I baked a loaf of bread. And she was so happy. And um, another one of my clients joined a paddleball league and and had played tennis in college and had, hadn't picked up a racket in years and was like, I'm just going to do it, you know. Um, I have another client that has just decided that they're going to leave a little bit early, um, two days a week, and then they're going to go for a walk in a park near their school. Um, but you don't have to bake bread or join a paddleball league or take a walk after school. It can be that in your building, the things that energize you are in your building, but sometimes you have to schedule your good intentions and treat them like a doctor's appointment that took six months to get so that you go and you have lunch with the fifth graders or you read a story to first grade, or you color a picture with a kindergartner, or all of the above, and you do that, and it's going to have an incredibly disproportional amount of 
um, energy and filling you up. The 15 minutes is going to meet, feel like much, much more than that. But what we do is we never do those things. We mean to do them and we just go through our day and we keep getting drained and keep getting drained and keep getting drained. And then one day we're like, I just want to give up. And so I'm not saying that it's going to fix everything, but I'm saying if you do that regularly and it connects to your compelling why, that it's going to make a difference and you're going to feel like giving up less often. And that brings us to number eight. And just quickly, number eight is look at your positive comments document. And if you listen to episode 37 of the podcast, I talked about the power of an annual portfolio, how it can make you a happier and better compensated leader. And I'm only going to pull out one quick thing from that episode, and that is that you start a Google Doc. And anytime you get a positive comment, and I know they're rare, but in an email or a text, or even someone says something to you verbally, and you go back and you type it into the document, you copy and paste the text in there from your cell phone, you, um, you know, if someone sends you a little note, a kid makes a card, you just literally type it into the Google Doc. And then when you feel like giving up, just open the Google Doc and read it. I know it sounds easy. And on the one hand to, yeah, you write, you know, it's, but how, how am I ever going to find time to do it? It's like, you just open the document, you just start it, you name it positive comments and you just throw a couple things in there and then you'll get into the habit of doing it. And then there are so many days where I feel like I don't know what I'm doing. I feel overwhelmed. I feel like I want to give up. And what helps me a lot is to open up that Google doc. So the big takeaways from today's episode, what are the eight things to do when you feel like giving up? Number one, remember that there's nothing wrong with you. Number two, believe that there are ways to make it better. Number three, lean into your why. Number four, practice gratitude. Number five, take a break. Number six, ask for help. Number seven, pick two energizers. And number eight, look at your positive comments document. And here's your call to action for today's episode. The next time you feel like giving up, either get out a piece of paper or just start saying them in your head and just start listing out all of the things in your life that you're thankful for. So let's wrap it up. I want to give you a free gift to say thank you for listening to the podcast. I've created a free guide for you called The Five Strategies to Help You Work with Difficult Parents. And we know that working with parents is part of the job. And most of our parents are great, but some of them can be very demanding and emotional and difficult. And this guide will give you the tools that you need to build better relationships and have better meetings with the difficult parents at your school. And you can grab that over at theprivateschoolleader.com parents. So go to theprivateschoolleader.com parents to grab that guide. And thank you again for listening every week. And if you're getting value from the podcast, I'd love to hear from you. My email address is mark.o.minkus at gmail.com. And let me know about a strategy that you're using or email me with your biggest pain point right now. And maybe it will become the title of a future episode. And if you subscribe to the podcast, you'll never miss an episode. The show notes for today's episode are at theprivateschoolleader.com slash episode 56. And a new episode of this podcast comes out every week on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you would please rate and review, write a review for the podcast, that helps the algorithm push it out as suggested content to private school leaders all over the world. And I'm on Instagram at the private school leader or Twitter at the PS leader. And 
If you got value from this episode, I'd love it if you would just share this with one other leader at your school and an aspiring leader at your school. And I've been your host, Mark Minkus. I want to say how much I appreciate you and the amazing work that you do at your school. Thank you so much for taking some of your precious time to join me here today. And I will see you next time on the Private School Leader Podcast. And until then, always remember to serve first, lead second, and make a difference.